God is good. And all the time? Wow, I have been blessed this morning. How about you? Boy, Mesa Grande, thank you so much for the incredible singing, the incredible bells, the drama. And uh, I don't know where Holly Ann is today, but I was so blessed by her prayer this morning. Amen. I was, uh, I was touched. Oh, you guys don't realize when you sang that last song, boy, I, was, I had my eyes closed. I was getting the little goosebumps going on. And you were preparing me for a nap. Because one of the spiritual exercises I do every night, if I put my head on the pillow and I don't fall asleep like that, I just meditate on the 23rd Psalm. So I feel like you were just getting, ready, getting me ready for some rest. And the Spirit's like, hey, you got to get up and speak. Wake up. I said, okay. All right. But I was blessed. Milo, thank you so much for your direction. And we also know behind every great man is a great woman. So thank you, Roxy, for your accompaniment and playing. And uh, we're blessed. What an incredible service today. A little dedication of Sadie and Taylor and Nathan were baptized in the first service. Alex in the second service. Mesa Grande Academy with us today. What an incredible God. Filling the Spirit through His church and through His people. Before I, I speak today, and you don't need to worry, I, I, um, since I, didn't, I wasn't able to preach last Sabbath because of certain situation that, that had developed, um, I decided to put two together today. So... If you'll just turn off your alarms, it'll just be 45 minutes instead of an hour, and we'll be okay. Um, don't panic. Don't worry. Don't run for the door. Uh, but I do, we want to have special prayer for somebody today. Um, Terry Moran is uh, going to be going to Afghanistan for about seven months as a chaplain uh, in the military. And so I'm going to ask if he and as many as possible from his family even would come up here. And I'm going to ask the pastoral staff and our, our head elders uh, Jim and Kathy to come up as well. We're just going to come around them and and I hope that they also have a sense that their church family is just kind of extending their reach around them uh, as we pray for them. We want to keep them in our prayers during this next uh, seven months um, as he's gone. And let's, uh, let's come around them, if we would, and uh, I want to pray for you, Terry, and your family, because I know they're going to miss you greatly as you're gone. And uh, Sandy, you've got your hands full, so we're going to pray for a double portion of God's Spirit to be upon you, <laughs> all right? And know that your church family is here as well for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bring the Moran family to you today. And we know, Lord, that they are always in your care. But Lord, as their good shepherd. We ask, Lord, that you will continue to guide and protect in a special way as Terry leaves in the next week or so for Afghanistan. We ask, Lord, that as he's over there, you will keep him safe. And, Lord, that there will be an incredible blessing of your spirit upon Terry as he ministers to our soldiers over there. Lord, that through the midst of war and chaos and crisis, Lord, we know that that doesn't stop your spirit and your grace from meeting lives and meeting people. So we pray also for his ministry as he goes over there, that your spirit will be let loose through him. I pray, Lord, also for Sandy as she is back home uh, with the boys. 
And I pray for the boys as well. I pray that your spirit will be upon them and that they will sense and know that your presence is with them in a very close way and that your spirit is with dad as well. We ask, Lord, that you would bring him back safely to us. We pray, Lord, that you'd bring all of our soldiers back safely to us, that this war would stop. But, Lord, we know with man this is impossible, but with you all things are possible. So we come to you with our requests, and as we bring this family before you, we love them, and we know you love them even more. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. Amen. We're going to keep this family in our prayers, right? Good. Well, um, this is called a sermonette, not a sermon. And I know some of you are hungry. I can hear the, the stomachs growling up here. Well, maybe that's mine. But um, <clears throat> question for you this morning. What would you do if God gave you $384,000? What would you do if God gave you $384,000? thousand dollars. Or let me ask another question. Let's increase it. What would you do if God gave you $768,000? We're just kind of upping it here. $768,000. Okay, that's not enough. What would you do if God gave you $1.9 million? $1,920,000. As a pastor, I just can't even comprehend that amount of money. I sometimes, as a fan of the NBA, cringe when I hear players are out because of injuries. And you think about how much money they make per game. I just can't relate. But what would you do if God gave you that much money? Jesus told a parable in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, and some of us are familiar with that parable. It's a parable of the talents. He talks about a master who was going to go away, and he gave his servants, three of them, a certain amount of money. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. And it says that he went away for a long time. And as the story goes, the one that had five talents doubled the amount of money to ten talents. The one that was given two doubled his to four, and the one that had one dug it in a hole and didn't do anything with it. Jesus, who was on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, he'd been in the temple for a little while, having those wonderful conversations with the religious leaders, talking about uh, marriage after the resurrection, talking about taxes, talking about all kinds of wonderful topics, is now on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. And this passage finds itself in the context of Jesus talking about the end of time. What's it going to be like when the Son of Man returns? Who is he going to find? And so in talking about what God has given to his people, the Israelites, many things of the covenant, of love, he says that sometime they're going to be held accountable for what I've given to them. 
Have they taken these things about my love to the nations around them or have they kept them to themselves and done nothing with them? Well, the amounts of money I asked you about to start off with, I came about like this. You see, a talent was not a simple coin. In fact, they never minted the talent. It was too much. One talent was equal to what the Greeks called drachma, 60, I'm sorry, 6,000 drachmas. A drachma was worth one day's worth of labor, one day's wage. So a talent was worth 6,000 days of labor. 6,000 days of labor. It was made out of silver, and if you were to weigh it, it would weigh about 75 pounds. So you can imagine the two talents, about 150 pounds, five talents would have weighed about 375 pounds. I came about these hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars because I thought, well, let's just take it today. If we were to take minimum wage in the state of California and calculate it out to so many days, that's what it would be like. One talent would have been worth about $384,000. Two talents, 768000 Five talents, $1.9 million. Was Jesus talking about money? Not necessarily. He was talking about the things of his kingdom. The things of his kingdom. You see, I would like to suggest to you today that God has given you more than $384,000 or even up to $1.9 million. God has given you a life. And God has given you a life to experience him, and not only to experience him, but to extend your experience of him into the relationships in which you have in this world. He has given you certain talents and abilities, certain skills. But even beyond that, he's given each one of us here the ability to extend simple things like kindness, love, forgiveness, not being critical or judgmental. Sometimes as we think about doing great things for God, we, we don't move on to do great things for God because they're too great or we can never get there. And yet God says, do the simple things you can do. Sometimes we might think in, in pastoral ministry, we try to dream up sometimes these great ministry programs. And yet I'll be honest with you, in my little over 20 years ministry experience, some of the most powerful things I've ever seen are things like somebody forgiving another person. Or someone, even when somebody's been mean to them, they turn around and don't repay it with being mean, but being kind. That is an act of God. That is the kingdom of God in action. I like the song that Mesa Grande sang this morning. I like their version of This Little Light of Mine. I like what they said. There was a bridge there which said, My God gave it to me, and I'm going to let it shine. My God gave it to me, and I'm going to let it shine. What has God given to you that he's asking to let shine in the relationships that you share on a day-to-day experience? Your God gave it to you. He didn't give it to me. He didn't give it to anyone else. He gave it to you. And he says, here, take this. Multiply my love 
Multiply my kindness. Multiply my forgiveness in the world. Does our world need some kindness in it? Does our world need some forgiveness in it? Yes. I thought it only appropriate, since Pastor Dustin is going to be leaving us, that I share a brief illustration uh, using basketball as an analogy. For those of you who may not be aware, Dustin is a, uh, is a baller, as we call him, and uh, has coached our guys' basketball team. And I want to tell you that I'm trying to do the best I can with the talent God has given me because I'm a Laker fan and he's a Kings fan. And if you know anything about basketball, they're usually not friends. But in the kingdom of God, we look past those things. One of my favorite films was filmed back in 1986 about a basketball team from Indiana, a high school basketball team. Gene Hackman plays the coach. It's called Hoosers. It's about a basketball team that was centered around 1951-1952, and it relives the Cinderella story of this team called the Hickory Huskers, an unlikely march to the state basketball championship. Early on, Coach Norman Dale, played by Gene Hackman, knew that Strap, a backup power forward, had a quirky way of expressing his religious fervor. As the Huskers began to trot out of the locker room for the tip-off of the season opener, he noticed that Strap, who always kneeled in prayer before each game, wasn't moving. When Strap frozen up, bended on one knee, Dell asked one of his other players, how long is he going to be like that? Until he gets ready, was the matter-of-fact reply. Well, three-fourths of the way through the season and in a game with playoff implications, the Huskers find themselves in a very tight spot. Near the end of the fourth quarter, Everett, one of the stars, is injured, and they signal a timeout. Coach Dale looks down at the end of the bench and calls out, Strap, you're going in for Everett. Then, remembering Strap's difficulty getting the ball in the hoop, he adds these words, and don't shoot the ball unless you find yourself under the basket all by yourself. Breaking the huddle, the Huskers jog back onto the court, but Strap doesn't budge. He's kneeling on the hardwood next to the bench with his head bowed. The gym reverberates with fans cheering and coaches screaming. The referees blow their whistles to get the game moving again. It's chaos, but Strap just kneels there. The coach testily urges, Let's go, Strap! And then again, louder and more insistent, Let's go! He comes up alongside of him, deliberately, gets beside him, kneels down, and whispers in his ear, Strap, God wants you on the floor. Strap looks up, a broad smile breaking across his face, and he rushes out onto the court. And apparently, God had more in mind than just having him on the floor because Strap went on to score the next two baskets to win the game. And as Strap was running down the court and he was making these hook shots and taking these great shots, being very aggressive with taking shots, the coach looked at him and said, what's gotten into you? Strap looks at him and goes, the strength of the Lord. God wants you and I on the floor. There may be decisions in our life that we're praying about. We're really seeking God on. It could be a job. It could be a move. It could be anything. And sometimes we just stand still, and yet God wants us on the floor. He wants us on the floor extending his kindness, extending his love, extending his mercy, extending his forgiveness, the reign of God being let loose into the lives of people. What an incredible way to live working with God, 
using the abilities he's given us in this life. It's not hard to do. Could be a phone call. Could be a smile. Could be a pat on the shoulder. How you doing? Could be an email or a text message. Could be anything. It's not rocket science. Extending kindness and love and forgiveness, the things of the Spirit in the lives of people. God wants you on the floor. He wants us to take what he's given us and share it with the lives of people we share this life with. I'm going to invite Pastor Dustin up here in a minute. But before Pastor Dustin shares a few words, the youth have created a video. And then Brian Soderblom is going to say a few words before I say a couple of words before Pastor Dustin shares a few words. If you didn't follow that, don't worry. Just sit back and listen. gym entrance and Slavi was like hi 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 and then I was very just weird and I didn't really pay attention and then he scared me and I screamed really loud. The first time I met him I just said hi and he complimented me of how nice I looked and he was nice to me. He was just really nice.
Pastor Dustin, you were a huge influence in a lot of our lives. You did so much for us. I don't, I don't know where you are right now. You're probably in the back, but right there. Right. <laughs> now, I, I just wanted to, well, first service, this, this isn't a planned thing. Um, first service, I just felt something saying I was supposed to get up here and talk. I just wanted to thank you on behalf of all of the youth and everyone else here at the church who you've blessed. You've made a huge difference around here. You've believed in us. You've pushed us to new heights. You've done so much. We just want to thank you so much. In the parable of the talents, the master says to the one he gave to him five talents, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because they had lived in an incredible way of using their talents for God. And uh, we have done a lot to affirm God in the songs, in our young people, in the baptisms that happen today, and in the dedication. And I want to suggest today that we as well affirm the mighty work of God through Dustin in our midst over the last three years and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Nice to know all those bribes have been paying off. Thank you. Well, uh, what do you say? What do you say after three years of being with people and you've become such a part of their lives? And, and I didn't know what to say first service. It's kind of bumbling around. So I wrote it down for second service. You tell people thank you. To my church family, thank you for welcoming in a young 22-year-old graduate of PUC, making him feel like part of the family, for supporting him in so many different ways, both verbally and with your actions. Thank you for being open to new ideas, to uh, being supportive of uh, different ways of ministry, and also for supporting me when I failed. I've learned so much being a part of this group about life, about people, and about myself. Thank you. To the parents, 
Thank you for trusting me with your children, for supporting me in so many ways that I don't even probably know all of them, with your actions, your words, just being there. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your families and for also allowing me to see what parenting is like. I'm not really sure if I want to have kids anymore, but <laughs> nonetheless, if that happens, I'm ready. Just kidding, Heidi. Don't worry. <laughs> to you guys. Thank you for showing me what it means to be a real, honest, and authentic Christian. For letting me into your lives and allowing me to share in life's joys and life's sorrows. Thank you for showing me sides of God that I never considered before. Thank you for being my friends. In closing, it's a pretty unique community that we have here with the school and all the churches. And for all of you who may be here with Mesa Grande, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of your lives for the last few years. It's, it's been an honor and a privilege, and I've received so much more from you all than I may have given. Thanks for making me feel a part of this family. I always know that I have this community to come back home to. And I know that we'll be together again at some point in the near future. Pastor John has asked me to close with the benediction. Dear Lord, as we just heard, we've all been given special talents, special gifts, special abilities. You've made us exactly the way we are because you have great plans for us. And although I'm leaving here, I know that you're not leaving here and that you can walk every step of the way with this community, this church, these kids, as they continue along their spiritual journeys towards realizing what it is that you have in mind for them. So I ask a special blessing on this group that as they go from here, they would allow you to use them in the ways that you've already decided. Thank you again for the opportunities that I've had here, for my experiences here, and for all the friendships that I've made. In Jesus' name, amen.